Hi everyone, um, thanks for listening. This is Chris. I just had a couple of quick notes about the episode that you're about to listen to. Um, first off, uh, this conversation that you're about to listen to uh, originally took place in December of 2018. So occasionally you're going to hear uh, my guest and I referencing concerts that are happening in January. Those have already come and passed, so don't worry about, you know, the timing of things like that. And also, this was recorded before we had all of the ideas fully worked out for this podcast, so some of the segments that would typically be in an episode aren't really featured here, although I feel like our conversation was very organic um, and we covered a lot of ground, so you're not really missing uh, a whole lot. Um, So it's that, and then... Also, uh, when we were recording um, this conversation, I was still working with a a MacBook that was about eight years old, so the recording software was not really functioning how it should. So occasionally you may hear some changes in audio quality. Um, So part of the recording uh, took place on an iPhone, uh, and then when the computer was actually working uh, correctly, then Uh, we were using a a more professional microphone. So you may notice a little bit of a change. I tried to make it as seamless as possible, um, but that's just the explanation for that. If you don't notice any of this stuff though, then just completely disregard everything that I've said. Um, Regardless, I hope that you enjoy this and um, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, just for the for the sake of trying, yeah. Because I have the I have the intro written down on my phone. So Sounds great. Gonna, all right. Welcome to Fantasy Band Draft, the show where we create. Oh, fuck. God, I can't. I can't already be drunk for this. You're fine. You just drink an eighteen percent beer. <laughs> just, just let, if it's not perfect, it's fine. It's fine. Welcome to Fantasy Band Draft. <laughs> God, it's not like that though. <laughs> just, just, just say it. Say what you need to say. Let's just move on our lives. Fantasy Band Draft, the show where you create your own supergroup. Uh, what we do here is essentially we take the best vocalist, guitarist, drummer, and bassist slash multi-instrumentalist from other bands to try and make the best band imaginable. Uh, there are only two rules. Uh, no two people can be from the same band, and no repeats. I'm your host, Chris Slattery. I'm joined here today with Josh Godfrey, um, who I'm since I created this this idea, I didn't create it, but since we uh, started like throwing around this idea, Josh was kind of one of the first people that I uh, wanted to talk to about this. So welcome, welcome to the show. Oh, welcome, thank you, thank you for having me. to our first episode. This is grand. This is uh, weird. Um, Let's do this. Yeah, essentially what, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of break down bands into their individual parts, assuming, you know, that this band is going to have four people. Uh, a vocalist, a guitarist, a drummer, and then not a lot of people know a lot of prolific bassists. That's why I added the multi-instrumentalist part. So I'm real excited because you and I have, you know, talked about music for a very long time. We've known each other for 
over 10 years. God. Oh, God. 11 years. 11 years. Um, this is shit under a decade. All right. Wait, <laughs> over a decade, actually. <laughs> So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Um, this is going to be, I think, a different episode than a lot of the other episodes, just because you you tend to lean more towards the metal, post hardcore, like emo. Like I know those are very different genres, and we'll we'll get into the minutia of that. But the other episodes are going to be leaning toward more rock based, standard things. Is is what he's getting at, I think. Yeah. And I think I'm taking a different approach to this, and. No, my my favorite bands are maybe not your your standard bands. It's not like, not like Rush or anything. So you know we're just gonna <laughs> we're gonna get into Rush. I'm sure at we'll get into Rush at some point, but <laughs> it's not gonna be a night by any of my picks. So we'll just we'll go from there. Yeah. So. All right. So let's start off. Let's just start off with uh, arguably the most important person in a in a band. Uh, and that's the, that's the vocalist. So who who do you have as your vocalist for your uh, your fantasy band? So this was a pretty easy pick for me. Um, I picked Buddy James Buddy Nielsen of Census Fail. Um, it's my favorite band. I've been following them for, jeez, 12, 13 years now. Um, they are, without a doubt, my favorite band lyrically, instrumentally, Emotionally, all the leads you can be in terms of liking a band. And um, Buddy Nielsen was the first lyricist I connected with that was, like, understanding of my shit. Okay. For lack of better words. I, I was going through some stuff in high school, and I got turned on to Census Fail. I was like, well, okay. Who turned so, you on to Census Fail? Um... It wasn't... Well, the, the guy's name is Taylor. He doesn't know he got me in a census fail. But I remember this guy in my... In high school was wearing a census fail shirt. I'm like, a census fail? Who the hell is that? <laughs> so I was like, I'll check him out. And so I didn't know anything about them. This is when my mom still had dial-up internet. So I doubt I even listened to him. Okay. And I'm pretty sure we drove to Petoskey and I bought their first official full length I believe you want to call it mm-hmm. let it unfold you the deluxe edition and I just I listened to it and it was just like damn I mean the very first lyric is so love me gently with a chainsaw <laughs> and I was like yep that's it and so um, that album was really the the pushing off point for me for music I was really into bands in middle school like Lincoln Park, that was really what drove me into some more aggressive, I'll say they're aggressive, but that's what, in middle school, that's aggressive, but, and then in high school, I got really into, like, um, Audio Slave and Shine Down and Breaking Benjamin, and then I got into some of the more post-hardcore outfits, like Senses Fail, Scary Kids, Scary Kids, Chiodos, and that was it, and... I don't know, Buddy Nielsen's always been there, essentially, for me. And I've, you know, I've seen them, I think, 12 times. I'm seeing them again for the 13th time in January, and, like, it's a, it's a damn trip. <laughs> so, All right, so uh, you had kind of touched a little bit on, like, ly- lyrically, like, why you really like Buddy Nielsen um, as the front man of Census Fail. What, what is it about his, like, vocal style that really, what do you think sets, sets that apart? It's a great question. <laughs> Don't flatter me on my own show. <laughs> um, Buddy Nielsen. So with the genre I prefer, I prefer the post-hardcore, screamo, emo genre. And it's pretty 
rare, in my opinion, that you find a lyricist that can really pull off screaming, clean vocals, and be a excellent lyricist. Like, because they usually split the the duties. A little I bit, mean, right? now in most music nowadays that has a screamer, you have, you have a screaming vocalist and you have a clean vocalist, and they sometimes write their own lyrics. They sometimes have one person writing them. Either way, Buddy Nielsen's been writing all the lyrics for Senses Fail for the entirety of the band. He's the only continuous member of the band still. And he's written all the music. Well, the lyrics. Yeah. And he's been able to do the screaming and the clean vocals and the entire thing. And now that's not the main thing, but lyrically speaking, his lyrics have really touched on really sensitive subjects like anxiety and depression, things that are close to me. They're not... I think what I get with Senses Fail and Buddy is that it's not, they're not talking about happy things. I don't think that artists, and this is just a, this is where I guess I'm going to start getting bougie. <laughs> people that <laughs> sing about happy shit are not real people or real musicians because I don't think that total joy in life is a, is a, is a thing. And I'm, I'm a, I'm a butthurt dude, but... I think that if you're going to be really real with yourself, you have to really sing about the things that are difficult in life and not, not the things that are always going well. And those are the things that people are going to connect with. And it's going to be the stuff that people are struggling with. I had a client the other day asked me in, in therapy, um, you know, I'm sorry that I come in here and talk about sad stuff all the time. <laughs> and literally, was, like, that's the point. That literally happened. And I said, listen... I don't know anybody who comes in here and tells me all the good stuff that are <laughs> the good things that are going on because that's just not the reality of therapy. Yeah. But it's also I don't feel like it's the reality of life a lot of times, and I feel like the the ability to connect with someone who's like struggling on a, a level that you that you get to that you feel like in high school. When I was in high school, I felt like no one could connect with me. I was like, well, okay, I might be okay. Not sure, <laughs> but this is at least a start, so. I was listening to, like, Bare Naked Ladies in high school, so, like, I, oh, there was no, there was know. no connecting with anyone. Yeah. Um, okay. War on drugs. <laughs> That's still a really, really sad it's song. One of the saddest songs I've ever heard. <laughs> one of the songs that really highlights his clean vocals, and I guess, okay, I'm going to get some background real quick. Um, Buddy Nielsen recently, I guess not recently, but four years ago, um, came out and he also got sober. He was a pretty big step for him to do this. And it was doing like two so, things in a year, right? It was both those. He came out as queer. Um, uh, he was, he did get engaged. He now has a daughter, though. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think, geez. Um, it's a daughter. And the thing is... He also realized that alcohol, he almost got kicked out of Senses Fail because the alcohol was playing. He was drunk all the time, just literally every day for, I don't know, eight straight years or something like that. And he stopped drinking. Mm-hmm. He, he saw how it was affecting him, his ability to be a band member. And four years ago, you can see this progression of how he became a musician. You can actually, in my view... As a person who listens to this band nonstop, um, the sound quality it is. So, the first track is called If There Is Light, It Will Find You. It's from their newest release. Um, the album is called If There Is Light, It Will Find You. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, the closing track in the album. And um, 
I don't know, it's a more calm track for him. It's not your typical Senses Fail sound, but it really pokes the bear lyrically. It really goes at what Senses Fail is in terms of getting at issues that he struggles with with anxiety and fatherhood and daddy issues, if you want to say. And it's just one of his best songs, so. How am I supposed to raise you when I'm so So what, so what about this song specifically feels like it's, um, like, For you could represent his vocals with this song, like, with, with at least his clean vocals. Well, this song, I think, is more about lyrics for me than vocals. Okay. Um, but Nielsen has struggled with the relationship with his father for years, and... He, this is a record of his daughter, and he is afraid that his daughter is going to view him as some kind of separate person or not, not a father, and he, I don't know, it's like a reassurance, I think, I, for his daughter that I'm going to be there for you. Like, I'm not my dad. I'm not my dad, and you can, you can, I'm going to be here for you. Okay. So that's one song. That shows Buddy pretty clean vocals, pretty strong lyrically. The album that got me into them was that first album I was referring to, Let It Unfold You. And they have a song in there called, <laughs> Wouldn't You Guess, Let It Unfold You. Yeah. So here it is. It's a pretty huge departure from the last song. So this changes style in terms of what's going on instrumentally. The last song is definitely, like you said, a, a pretty big departure in terms of their sound style. Yeah. Because um, I feel like when people think of Senses Fail, this is more of like what they think of. This is more what they would think of. Like this, and then, what was it? Uh, can't Say... What, what was the song on Guitar Hero? Can't Be Saved. Can't Be Saved. I mean, that's your pretty typical style there. Um... And what are you looking for when you're looking for someone who's, who screams? Like, because I know that that's a huge part of the music that you listen to. Because there are. I'm not trying to flatter you again, but that's actually a, a super good question because I recently heard some music that has screaming, and I learned that their screamer actually just says something stuff to rhyme. I'm not going to name the band right now, but like <laughs> that yeah, irritated me. Yeah, sure, I've told you this, but I I do think it's important that the screamer is able to actually, I think, I want to say the word verbalize, and that their wording is decipherable. Okay. I do think that's important. Um, if I can't comprehend what the hell is going on. I mean, I think it's fine if I look at the lyrics at, at times. I mean, and granted, screaming is a way of expression, but I need to know what you're saying. And I, 
there are bands that take it way too out there. <laughs> and so, I think Buddy does a nice job. Plenty of bands where, like, I've, I've heard it play in your car. You've, like, played a song going, someone told me to listen to this band. Screamer, though, like, the guy who screams. It's not very good, and it sounds, to me, like my ear, I just don't have the ear for it, but it sounds very similar to a lot of the other music that I hear you play, so is it, you know, you want to make sure that, you know, you can kind of understand what they're saying, sure, but what else is it? Is there, like, a certain too. quality? Buddy Nielsen doesn't change the fact that his lyrics seem to matter in the screaming, too. No. If they're If they're absolute garbage in the screaming, then what's the point? Like... The idea is that a big part of the screaming is that they're just screaming to scream. Fine. I'll take it. But, in the end, that's how the case for 99% of the bands. But, are there lyrics that valuable? And I know that they are. So, back to the band I was referencing earlier with the screamer who just screams and says things that rhyme. Great band. One of the best clean vocals I've ever heard in my life. Tillian. Yeah. What was the last thing right now? Dance Gavin Dance. Their screamer literally says stuff to rhyme and has a line about mixing things up like bacon, pico de gallo, and rhinoceroses. Granted, I love all the aforementioned things, but as a... Huge rhinoceros fan. Yeah, huge, huge rhinoceros fan. But as a, as a person who's looking for lyrics like based on the song, now the clean vocalist, Tillian, will sing about the premise of the song yep. based on the title, whatever, whatever it may be. But then I expect the screamer to kind of also make commentary on that same topic. Well, that's simply not the case. And I, you know, I question how many bands do that. Senses fail echoes their clean vocals with their screaming on the same lyrical playing field. Okay. Was there anything else that you wanted to add, like, why Buddy Nielsen, like, deserves to be the vocalist of every band ever? He's a good-ass man. <laughs> like I said, I've seen him 12 times, and he's just a very stand-up human being. You met him once. I met him one time. Dropped some fruit in my looms. <laughs> it's terrifying, <laughs> but I met him one time in Pontiac um, before their show. It was a meet and greet, and it was just yeah, I would surreal. I would lose my lose my lunch if uh, I ever met Ed Robertson, lead singer of the Barenaked Ladies, and swim. <laughs> bring it back, bring it back. That's it. That's all I got for that. All right, perfect. Well, let's uh, let's go to let's start. Let's do guitarist next. Guitarist. That's because arguably that's the next most well-known person in the band. So this one was kind of a uh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still uncertain with this. But I'm gonna go with it. So I when we did this original band draft, it would have been geez seven years ago. We talked about the same concept, but we also kind of rotated through people. But I, I, the person I'm picking is actually, I believe, the same person I picked um, for that band draft, which is uh, J.B. Brubaker, lead guitarist for August Burns Red. Um, yeah. All right. And uh, why, why did you pick him? 
That band is technically sound, just solid guitar work all around. Incidentally, I've never seen them live. I'm seeing them live the first time in February, actually. Really? Um, finally. But their work is just... You listen to a lot of guitar, and I... Uh, guitar work in metal. Um, I feel like a lot of it's... I, I just feel like a lot of metal out there is garbage. I mean, I'm not going to lie out there and say that, oh, metal it's... is the greatest genre, because there's a lot of bullshit out there that is just... It's not worth listening to, and you need to really find bands that really put this stuff together appropriately and I think August Burns Red is one of those bands. So uh, the first song I have is called King of Sorrow um, off their album Phantom Anthem. What is it about the guitars here, or, or is it still? Because I've listened to some some August Burns Red recently, just because I was making you a playlist for Christmas, so I was actually like going through August Burns Red songs, and like it's very, very like technically proficient guitar work. It's very sound guitar work, and I I think this is a guitarist like I don't need to see them live to know that this is how they're gonna play live, and I'm. Pretty, pretty hype about it. Okay, and now they're gonna get into some technical shit. All right. With the basses, though, the basses can get wild here. to decipher like why I like them so much I think it's they are so clear and spot on in their music they, they're not they're not just messing around here like they there's a point and a focus to their guitar work that's fair so the next song is from the same album okay. it's called The Frost is it a guitar? Yeah. It sounds like, and I, this is this isn't like a knock at all. Like it kind of sounds like those really clean like '80s guitar solos almost. I don't like that reference, okay. but I, I also get what you're saying because <laughs> there was a point to those solos where like they needed to emphasize the guitar, and it was it stood out. Yeah, like there's no like real distortion to it at all. Like that's also the time signature that's involved in Long Springs right there. Kind of like. Free bong to some extent. So. I mean, that's that's the gist of it. Mm -hmm. So, what do you think that what was it? J JB? JB Brubaker. 
What do you think he adds to that band more than anything else? Um, Census Fail, this is a very probably questionable opinion, but their original guitarist got voted one of the best guitarists of New Jersey. Fine. I'll allow it. I think said, I do not think Beyond the Album Still Searching, I'm getting really into Census Fail here, but that's fine. <laughs> Beyond the album Still Searching, their guitar work was really technical, heavy, forward, pronounced. Mm -hmm. And I think that JB really brings this new sound that Buddy would definitely appreciate. Because mm -hmm. if you look at the recording of Still Searching, they had um, the guitarist of Midtown and then their, their guitarist. Both two young guys just kicking ass. And then one of them left, then the other one left, and now they have two guys. I don't know who they are. They're very talented, but, you know, what do they bring to the table? I don't know what it is. And JD is just... I don't know what album this is that August Burns Red has put out. This is their fifth or sixth album, I want to say. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure he's been the, the guitarist the entire time and just continues to put out these, these monumental tracks of unique riffs that are just unstoppable. What I like about technical guitarists like that is that they just feel very sure about what they're doing. I don't know. It, it's hard to describe, but it, it just feels very much like well, When you watch them, you, you can when, tell when the confidence play. that they have when exactly. they're playing. They're, like, you can tell they're not even trying anymore because they've mastered this, this skill. And it's like when I see bands like The Sword as cheesy as they can be, <laughs> that guy, the vocalist and guitarist of the sword, dude knows how to play the guitar and he knows it too. Yeah. And doesn't bat an eye when like, he, he plays because he's so confident with his skills because he's practiced this song thousands of times and he, it just, it shows when you see him live. It's, Alright, so let's let's go to um, to drummer now. Um, who did you have as your fantasy drummer? Well, this is a hard one. Um, <laughs> after some debate, I had a previous pick that I was going to go with. Uh-oh. Switch that up. Okay. We were going with Aaron Gillespie from Under Oath. Uh, also of the Almost, I suppose, but he was just, he did acoustic guitar for that, but he was a drummer of Under Oath. Wait, so he's like switched it up and did acoustic guitar for a different He does band? clean vocals on Under Oath. So and he's basically like Dave Grohl, like did did drums in a really popular band and then decided like, oh, I'm going to do guitars and, and vocals. And he's a multi-instrumentalist, but his primary, I mean at the time, was primary instrument was drums. Okay. Um, and then what happened was Under Oath took a hiatus, as my guess, back... 2007, 2008, and he formed the band The Almost, which is just basically an acoustic, I don't even, I think it's just an acoustic project that he was the singer and guitarist of, and then Under Oath got back together, and here he is. Alright, so what is it about his drumming in Under Oath that really, you feel like, really important to that band? Like, what, is, what does he bring through his drumming? Well, it's a combination of not only his drumming, but also the fact that he does such clean vocals. He also is a my backup vocalist for this band. <laughs> Let's start there. 
Um, I think he also writes some of the lyrics for Under Oath, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he, I mean, he wrote all the lyrics for the Almost, as far as I understand. And um, I don't know. Again, just another clean drummer, very confident in his style. Um, what would you consider his style to be? Like, like I, I don't know anything about like drumming styles. But it, like when you say confident, clean, <laughs> Chris. Good lord. I I don't know what's. St- I mean, Under Oath is a metalcore Christian metalcore band. Okay. Um, they're not doing any kind of what. It, what makes a band Christian metalcore? Can you can you well, like they, delve into that really Jesus quick? Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! Uh, is what he's getting at here? <laughs> um, well, they are very Christian. That's a pretty big part of their band. Okay. Um, is the almost Christian too? Oh, they gotta be. Okay. I mean, I can't give you a for sure's, but okay. um, they are all quite Christian. Okay. So, um, and I mean, they have songs that are like sung in uh, foreign language hymn hymnals that are just that because the like Gregorian chants or something. Yes, that's <laughs> the word. Actually, I think the keyboardist speaks. Um, some other language and he actually does a chant during one of the songs on um one of the later albums so yeah um metalcore combination screaming clean vocals um it's hard to that's a hard genre to explain actually it's like explaining post-hardcore quite frankly or you just i'm gonna need you to get into that at some point too it's like how you the government describes pornography they just know it when they see it yeah and when you hear metalcore, I mean, you look at bands like Atreyu, a pretty classic metalcore band. Mm-hmm. Um, their lyrical themes aren't focused on death and destruction. They might be more screamo, emo-based, uh, definitely more emotional in that mindset. Um, maybe some tragedy involved in there, for sure, but nothing like... Nothing like death metal, or the sound may be similar, the but the lyrical frame is, is quite different. Okay, it's more about destruction and death, destruction, war, plague. Yeah. Okay, all right. I look at bands like All Shall Perish, who have taken on the role of not even death metal; they've taken on death core, and where there's breakdowns involved in the death metal themes. Okay. If anyone is listening to this that is a deathcore fan and we has an have, we opinion, we have several deathcore fans. Go listen. ahead and write me a message or something because I we we can talk about the the specifics, the logistics, and definitions of this because quite frankly, well, first of all, I don't give a shit. Let's start there. But it would be nice to have a conversation about it because I think With someone who knows what they're talking about because I you've do, talked to me about it so many times. I do think it's worth. It's a conversation worth having to, to to discuss the merits of what defines a genre, because in the metal field, I feel like genres are so they're not only so they're they're both very general and very specific at the same time. There are certain genres you've talked to me about that are hyper specific that only encompass like three bands: funeral doom metal. <laughs> <laughs> funeral doom metal is about three bands. And I think only one main band in the United States, Evoken. We'll listen to them again, but we're not going to get into them right now because they are not on my list. 
at all. There's like Finnish forest doom cores. Like there's no, some weird. I'm just making shit fucking... up at this point. <laughs> no, there, there's funeral. I mean, there's. Oh, you have a Swedish melodic death metal. I know about Swedish melodic death metal. You talked about them, like about that Norwegian metal. first stage black metal. <laughs> I, I mean, whatever you fucking call it, 1980s Norwegian black metal. Pish posh, Apple Josh. <laughs> Um, this is from, in my opinion, their best album. Um, they're only chasing safety. Total shit show. It's a boy, br- a boy brush red living in black and white. What is it about the drumming here that feels really special? It's not special, Chris. It's about confidence. This guy knows he can drum, he knows he can sing, he knows he can write lyrics, and he just fucking kills it. And it's just... Okay. Don't read too much into this. <laughs> Damn. That's my job. It's not your job. Oh, we're going to the next song. I picked... It's dangerous business walking out your front door. Now, gird your loins for this one, because it's like, it starts out right away. I've got my depends. You're laughing. Why are you laughing? This is not, like, this is not what I pictured. For, was it Christian? Is it Christian Metalcore? They're, they're Christians for sure. If I remember correctly, I think they picked a member out back when I was in high school for not being a Christian. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that happened. It's, weird, it's, not, it's just very confident drumming, and it's not like... I, mean, I can go and look at bands like Necrophagist and... Dream theater and talk about their drumming abilities, but like, are they gonna mesh well with my band? God, no. Aaron Gillespie, great human. Great drummer, great lyricist, great backup vocalist. Does it get better than that? No, it doesn't. Alright, uh, what, what else did you have to say about uh, the drumming? Um, nothing specifically. Um, I should make a comment if you're gonna check out any of these albums. Mm-hmm. Senses Fail, Let It Unfold You, If There Is Light It Will Find You, August Burns Red, um, go with Constellations on that one, and for drums, uh, for Under Oath, um, They're Only Chasing Safety. Those, both of those songs are from They're Only Chasing Safety, and it's bitchin'. My backup for drummers, um, and this is the last minute decision not to include him, um, Protest the Hero. Is why, the band. Why did you choose not to pick Protest the Hero? Well, we, upon <laughs> further review of the song I picked, it sounded a lot like Rush, and I can't stand Rush. What song was it? It was called Blood Meat.
similar to the song YYZ, not a big fan of it. then you shouldn't be listening to this show. So, right. mark my words. Anyway, that is my backup. Um, I didn't go too far in the drums. Drum is a very hard category to pick. Um, you look at drums as the secondary instrument behind guitar. Third, third dairy. Tertiary, I believe is the word. <laughs> um, behind your vocalist and your guitarist. They are the rhythm section. That's why the bassist is not included in this whole damn discussion. <laughs> Because it's a rhythm, it's a rhythm instrument. If you find a drummer that is like, damn, you stick with that drummer. And you you find these these drummers that not only can hold their shit together to keep the band together, but they've brought some kind of unique style to the band. That I don't want to say anybody can just play the drums, but anyone could keep a beat. I think that's fair to say. But to really keep that beat and to bring something unique to that show as an instrumentalist, as a person, whatever you want to say, it's hard to do. And some drummers are just hanging out there, dicking around, they're playing their show, whatever. And then you go to a show and you see these drummers that are just off their rockers. I mean, I saw Black Sabbath a few years ago and they had the drummer from Dream Theater um, for them that, that day. And it was just a fucking shit show. Excuse my language. Not at all. And it was just wild because it's just it's a very technical band and they just they they went for it. So I have I've picked my fourth member. Yeah. I feel like if it's okay with you, I'll go over the ones that didn't make the cut. Sure, let's do it. Um, About to round out the band. Let's, let's go with the runners up first. I will say that for my fourth member, I went with a second guitarist. Okay. That might be fucking. <laughs> wild to some people but he plays a 12 string guitar we'll get into that in a second but <laughs> that's where we went with this my back wait it's a strange pick would you would you pick a sick guitarist if you had an option of a keyboardist a bassist and a and multi-instrumentalist absolutely not but i actually love music so <laughs> okay. sorry. sorry we got shit bird over here okay so for backups um i picked uh jesse johnson um, the keyboard player of Motion City Soundtrack. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, Shit. All right. If you want a hot track <laughs> <laughs> from them, check out My Favorite Accident. Such a, that's such a good keyboard line. That's the good keyboard line right there. If you want a good keyboard line, that's it. That that band has a really unique keyboard sound, like in general. Like, what? like yeah. Yeah, they're no, they're I, pretty fucking wild, and I, I think they're one of the greatest bands to exist. I'll say that. They're I from never, Minneapolis, by the way. I, I know that. I found that out yesterday. Yeah, that was wild. Um, next I went the metal route. I went a little doomier. Okay. And gloomier than I normally went with the rest of this whole thing. I went some pretty safe metal earlier. I went with Joseph D. Rowland from from Paul Bearer. Ooh. If you like bass lines that are like 
thick like a good sausage gravy that you want to smother in yourself. <laughs> just thick and rich and just if you like Black Sabbath, you like some of that stuff, Electric Wizard, that that stuff that's just rich, and creamy, and you can't get enough, and you're like, oh well, Black Sabbath isn't really doing much anymore. Ozzy's just kind of hanging out now. You're right. <laughs> but, but, Paul Bear came around and tore the damn roof off, and I saw him live a few years ago, and it was just this sludgy, fantastic mass. It was like I was getting punched in the face with a pie. It was great. So check out Paul Bear. My song for you to check out um, is Devoid of Redemption off the song Sorrow and Extinction. Their first full length. So that's those are the runners up. Those are the runners up. Who tell us who your who your final person is to round out the band? This was a hard one because I was, if I'm being honest, I was gonna go to the keyboardist. I was, and then I was listening to this guy earlier again today. I was like, well, that'd be dumb. Not to pick him. Okay. My pick. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. Is Tosin Abasi of the band Animals as Leaders. Now this is a band that most of the members like play in different time signatures on the same That's song, correct. right? Is that am I... I'm gonna play in seven four, you're gonna play in twelve eighty six, <laughs> and you're gonna play in one three. <laughs> and we're gonna see how it works. And the whole point of the bands or the band playing in that time signature is they don't care that they're playing in different time signatures as long as it sounds right. No. And that that sounds that sounds dumb saying out loud, quite frankly. No. But if it sounds musically right, then what does it matter what time signature they're playing in? Right. And so they're they're always playing in something goofy as hell. The drummer is always off in his own little wah-wah land. And anyway, my man, Tosin. Tosin? I'm going to say it's Tosin. That's got to be how it's pronounced. We've got some thick, rich lines in here that you can not only play in guitar, but they sound like they're bass-based lines. Okay. What's the song you have? The song I have is called Kafo. I don't know how they can like keep that straight. It's like 7, 8, and 7, 100s. So, that's, uh, Animals as Leaders. That's my pick. My fourth pick. Okay. If you're gonna ask who's the lead guitarist in the band, they're gonna switch back and forth. What genre would you, like, with all four of these guys in here, what genre do you feel like you could, you know, label this, this new supergroup as? 
So I've got Buddy as post-hardcore. Mm -hmm. I've got JB metalcore. I've got Tosin. That was Tobin for some reason. Doesn't matter. The dude from Analysis Leaders is Gent Metal. It's D J E N T Metal, by the way, for you listeners. And then I have what is Christian Metalcore? I guess is the other I, I, Metalcore. So I mean, it, it'd be. If they put out an album, what do you think it would be classified in, like on Wikipedia? It ended up being metalcore. It would be metalcore. What? Why? Why do you think it would fall in under that? Drumming style, guitar style, and the fact that Buddy Nielsen does clean and unclean vocals. Okay. And then my last big question, um, and this is a really important question: What do you think that the name of the band would be? This actually might be an easy question. Okay. So, the last album that that, that song that we just played is off of is called The Madness of Many. Okay. That is a reference to a um, psychiatric illness called Fale Adu. Like the Fall Out Boy. Like the Fall Out Boy album. album. Okay. Which is a shared psychotic symptom. Okay. Which you've seen in the show Dexter. Yep. It's... I, we've seen a lot of things in the show Dexter. Well, <laughs> a lot of things that we would share, like to forget. You've seen Falia do in Dexter. The people that follow uh, what's his ass in season seven. Season seven, I want to say season six. The fact that I'm joining these many—I don't want to call them madmen, but they're they're very different people, mm -hmm. and in one in one respect, but a madness of many. Mm -hmm. They're put together as one. Entity to make this shit show. Okay. I don't know. You got any ideas? I don't. Like, that's that's kind of why I was hoping that you'd at least get, like, a jumping off point, but that actually makes, like, a lot of sense. How, how long do you think this band would stay together? Under Oak's been a band for over a decade, since it's failed over a decade. They're dedicated. You, you think that they could put out a, a few solid releases? Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. I feel like there are a couple of bands that we're going to have on here that, like, they're not even going to make it through the first recording, the first album. They'll put out one song. Like, one Single. EP, maybe an EP. Somebody from the Sex Pistols or some shit. Like, yeah. uh, then it's over, but... Before, yeah. they, before they murder each other. All right. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thanks so much for, for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Fantasy Band Drafts. Yeah. I've been, I've been your host, Chris Slattery. Uh, Josh, uh, where do you do you have anything to plug? Do you have a Twitter or anything that you want <laughs> that you want people to find you at, or do you want I to just want to find remain anonymous? I mean, you can find my Twitter. It's uh, DJ Mountain Black Bear, and Mountain is M T N. The rest is Black Bear, as it is. And uh, find there. We'll talk music, talk uh, metal, talk all that. All sorts of shit. Just slide into his DMs. Talk to him about some. Slide my DMs, you know, and we'll we'll get to getting. Do I have Pokemon Go too? I, you know, I'm down to clown, um, but mostly metal. Okay. But so yeah, get at me, DJ Mountain Black Bear. Don't find him on Facebook. How dare you? You won't find me on Facebook. Uh, yeah, this Great. was a fantasy band draft. Thank thanks, you. thanks so much for listening, guys, and we'll see you next episode.